Hey friends, my name's Stevie Taylor. Welcome to the Gig Life Podcast. My guest today is Dawano Martinez. I sat down with this incredibly talented multi-instrumentalist and virtuoso, and we talked music, instruments, art, people, and a bit of philosophy. Uh, for me, it was more of a music and history lesson than it was an interview, to be honest. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Again, I hope you do too. Cheers. I think we're rolling. Martinez. What's up, man? Hey, man. Welcome to the Good Life Podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Rog. No worries. Me. Yeah, mate. That was that was bloody awesome. Tell us about that guitar you got there. I can't remember the the brand of it. Yeah. Uh, well, it says it right, right there. Bailete. Uh huh. Bailete. So uh-huh. if the guy must be Italian. Yeah. Italians, country. They're amazing people. Yeah. Huh? They make incredible stuff. Yeah. And they're very hardworking. Yeah. Very. Uh, uh, very proud of what they do. Yep. I really, really admire Ita- the Italian people. And um, so, yeah, so I think he must be Italian, and f- but the guitar's from New York. Right. And uh, That's, Did you get it from New York? No. Oh, no, yeah. No. yeah. Um, I, I bought it off um, a good friend of mine from here. Uh, he's named Leon Gare, mm-hmm. and he's originally from uh, Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. He's a... Uh, he, he was, uh, back in his youth, he, he did a lot of stuff, a lot of very, very important recordings. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's been living here for quite some time, and he's an incredible musician, incredible bass player. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I bought it off him, mm-hmm. and I fell in love with the instrument, it was, it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it's, um, well, uh, I guess we should... What are we talking about? We're talking about you, man. Um, we're talking about you. Um, you know, you strike me as someone who's not too far away from an instrument. No. The, the fact that you walked in here with that guitar, I wasn't expecting that. And that, that show you just you just gave us, that playing's incredible. Thank you very much. No, thank you. That's awesome. No, you're welcome. Man, yeah. um, look, um, uh, the guitar's always been a big part of my life and yep. uh, life at home. Yep. Uh, it hasn't been the the, the, the instrument of choice, mm-hmm. you could say, I guess. It's been the instrument that's been there. Yep. Uh, well, you know, I'm, I was Ch- I'm Chilean-born. Yep. So um, in Chile, the, the guitar is a big deal. The guitar is a big deal in Chile. It's kind of like in Spain. Yep. The Chilean people are, you know, 
more or less Spanish, <laughs> mm -hmm. more or less. Yep. They're, they're like Spanish people that live in Chile Understood. with a mix. Uh, I'm not going to get into all that because yeah, then I'll cool. get angry. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. That's mate. another podcast, man. That's that's something else. Yeah. But something else. I, I'm I'm not against nobody or nothing. Uh, uh, nothing like that. It's not about not 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 that kind of angry. It's not not about that. Yeah. I'm 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 very happy with the way things are awesome. in life. You yeah. know. Uh, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm, but the guitar in itself, my father's a guitar. My father's a guitar. Yep. He's, he's a guitar player. Victor, yes. Victor yes. Martinez Parada. Mm -hmm. he, that's his professional name uh -huh. back home. Yep. He did a lot of stuff. Yep. Um, he started playing when he was 19. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was a natural. Very, very hardworking. Very dedicated. So uh, I think by the first his first year, he, he did a complete uh, concert. Wow. After learning guitar for one year, wow, that's exceptional classical yeah. music concert, classical, music, right. classical music concert. So he was an exceptional talent, yeah. exceptional musician, and uh, hard working, extremely hard working, completely one hundred percent dedicated to the guitar, and uh, transcribing and writing music and all that stuff. So uh, that's the kind of environment that I grew up in. Uh, I grew up. Uh, uh, we grew up with great music. We grew up with. Uh, you know, classical music, great mm -hmm. classical music. We grew yeah. up with great folkloric Chilean music. Mm -hmm. um, uh, he worked with the greatest musicians back home. Uh, he's also a, a, an arranger, composer, and all that stuff. And um, seemingly, I, I, I became an arranger and composer as well, yeah. and teacher. You know, so um, I got to see a lot of concerts that he did back home, and. Um, Sorry, was, can I ask yeah. when you came to Australia? 1989. 89, and how old were you then? I was uh, nearly 10 years old. Okay. Right. 10 years old. I was born in 79. Yep. Um, so, um, yeah, during Chile, it's, there, there was lots of music, music, lots of music, and we got to see a lot of concerts, And mm -hmm. but um, uh, the guitar was uh, something that uh, it was very hard to play for me, because... Uh, my hands weren't strong enough. I was a kid, just a boy. So, actually, my first, my first, um, my first, uh, I guess, introduction to the guitar was watching my father. I think he was practicing or something, or maybe warming up or whatever he was doing. But I saw, I saw him playing directly in front of me with the guitar pointing the opposite direction to me. You see what I'm saying? So oh, I thought yeah. that was the correct way of holding. Right, okay. So I tried to pick it up and I went that way. <laughs> yeah. It was completely different. Right. I and I I think it was either me or him that taught me, but I think it was me that realized that maybe the other way is better. Right. Yeah. So he didn't notice. You know, that's all I did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, as a kid, that's all you do. And, and maybe your left hand a bit of something and your yeah. right hand a bit of something. Same with me on on this actual guitar actually right yeah right, there you it's go the same sort of thing yeah so that, that was my initiation but mm. then he he told me that I, I should learn this Beautiful. so he taught me that uh, and with a variation of course and then holy shit I gotta change the string now <laughs> oh god crap oh it was you know and uh it was so hard 
on my left hand, and the technique from the right hand was something that he he picked up from a from a, a friend of his, mm -hmm. an incredible singer, musician that he used to work with a lot. And he was he said that he's the only guitar player at the time anywhere that he ever saw that did that with use not using a pick but using his palm and the finger yep. to to, up, to yeah. do that sound. So uh, I learned that. Uh, he, he taught me that. He said that every good musician needs to know how to play the blues. Mm -hmm. So all right, kind of kept that in my head. And, and then, had, had you heard blues music before? Oh, no, 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 no. no, yeah, no nothing, yeah. nothing. I was a kid, imagined. You know, yeah, yep, yep. But, but. But in, in <laughs> sorry, just in, in Chile, um, with the music that your father was playing, yeah. uh, was he listen, listening to blues? No, well, let me, let me get to that. Yeah. Let me get to that. Okay. Um, see, during that time, he was working with this guy, blah, 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 blah. He had friends, this and that. A stu I think a student of his or a, a friend of his at the, back then in those years introduced him to uh, John McLaughlin <laughs> and the Mahavishnu Orchestra. Yeah. And uh, when that happened... Uh, I think he, from memory, he said he heard it, and he went, what the hell's this thing? Put it down. And then he heard it again, a second time, put it on. Because back then he was a classical music head, imagine one of those, you know. Yeah, <laughs> from that's that Billy Cobham going, Cob Billy Cobham going, <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah. And, 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 you know, Mahavishnu with the tight, extremely tight chops and, metal guitar strong you know <laughs> the you know the yeah, John McLaughlin that yeah, we yeah. that we were blown away by yeah. which we continue to get blown away by well, his creativity and all that for now but um then uh I believe it was the live recording of um um Sister Andrea and he said that he, when he heard that he he teared up, cried, because he couldn't believe that the guitar could do that. Mm. Now, of course, by that time, obviously, Jimi Hendrix was around, everybody was aware of that stuff, mm. and, the, and the Beatles and all that music, he loved all that, but uh, nothing to the sheer velocity and, and aggressiveness of John McLaughlin and the Mahavishnu Orchestra. And from then on, it linked, lingered on to, you know, Obviously, Return to Forever, Miles Davis, mm -hmm. Jean-Luc Ponty, and guess what? That's all the stuff I grew up listening to. So that was my childhood music. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the hardest hitting, most brutal music you could ask anyone to listen to. Mm -hmm. and, and Bartok and, you know, all those greats. So that was the environment I grew up with. And, um, and uh, as the 80s came on, obviously, you know, Michael Jackson. Madonna, you know, yeah. and all this great pop, you know, mm -hmm. the, because they just had good pop music. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I fell in love with the whole electronic thing. Electric bass kicked in for me because... Um, Who was the first, uh, first bass player? Uh, well, see, I, I fell in love with, um, with Jean-Luc Ponty's music first. I think, yep. as far as the jazz world, mm -hmm. because um, I recall hearing, as a child, I recall listening to, to Jalo Ponti. I can't remember what 
piece of music was, but it was Jean-Luc Ponté. It was Jean-Luc Ponté, and uh, and uh, I didn't understand anything that was happening, but I knew I liked it, and I liked the complex harmony. I enjoyed the sound that that created. That wasn't anywhere else. So I went crazy about it. I started learning how to solo like that, and I started learning the bass lines. So, uh, Ralph Armstrong, he, that was his bass player back then. So, um, I grew up learning how to play like him. Ralph Armstrong, I used to practice, and I used to practice to Stanley Clark with the Return to Forever. And of course, his, his album School Days and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So, I grew up with that, practicing along to those guys. That's how I learned to play, basically, because that, that gave me a... Uh, the, I wanted to be like them, mm -hmm. you see, uh, and um, yeah, and then you know, obviously, Alan Holsworth, who just like what, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, yep. what's he doing, you know, and um, so I grew up with that stuff. That that was the stuff that I really, I really, really enjoyed, and um, and the great musical lessons that you get out of that music. From that music, you learn about funk, you learn about blues, you learn about everything. You know, you, gospel playing. I mean, Ralph Armstrong's pretty much a gospel play, mm -hmm. bass player. And I didn't realize that until some years ago. Right. Until you kind of go back, you listen, you go, shit, he's actually playing all that stuff. Yeah. You know? Uh, so, yeah, and, fr and from that music, I learned, I learned how to move my hand, my left hand. You know, I learned how to change key mm -hmm. you know I learned to appreciate different keys and different things but it's funny how uh, you know um, students that I have or some students that I have I, I just tell them to, to learn the major scale tell them to learn the you know. uh, I told them to learn, learn that because out of that comes everything mm -hmm. basically you know um, and um, so it's it's funny because when you're when you're learning music or you're learning about notes you can get very easily misled or confused. Right. And and it can lead you on a on a path where where it can you can get frustrated, I guess, in a way, because yeah. it's it, um uh yeah, if you have the wrong information it could all be a bit too overwhelming. Okay. Too much, too many things yeah. to 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 grasp. Keep it's, it simple. Eh? Keep it simple. Yep. So it's good to have to to, to find a, a someone that really knows what they're doing to give you simple simple guidance. Yeah. And the good thing about that, my dad did is that he 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 gave me simple guidance. Mm -hmm. He never. This was the only musical lesson here. This was the only notes he taught me. <laughs> Everything else was listen. Yeah. Everything else was that was my that that was it. That was all he taught me, man. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's hard to teach your kids. Yeah. I can I can understand that, you know. Um, but um I think there was a lot of example, but there's there's a lot of lessons in, in, in music and music has taught me everything that I could possibly imagine. And um, that was through the 80s, so the 80s, I fell in love. I fell in love with um, synth bass. Yep. You know, yep. I fell in love with all that synth bass stuff, man. 
damn, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so cool. It's the <laughs> funkiest sound in the planet. Yeah. Come on. You know, I fell in love with that and I wanted to play like that. Yeah. I wanted to play bass like that. And uh, and then and then I heard Marcus Miller. That was a turn on. Mm-hmm. That turned me on. Because that was a, that was a, that was a cool sound. Yeah. He's got a cool sound. Yeah. He had a cool sound. Yep. He still has a cool sound. Yeah. But as you grow older, you kind of learn to realise that you can't use that cool sound in everything. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which is a shame. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, I practised along to, to his playing a lot. Yeah. A lot. And um, Miles Davis came in the picture. And then Miles Davis came in the picture and he fucked me up. Yeah. He messed me up. Yeah. Messed Miles a lot da- of people up. Miles Davis really, really <laughs> messed me up. He really messed me up because Jean-Luc Ponty, Jean-Luc Ponty would, uh, he, would he, he teaches you, he teaches you melody. Jean-Luc Ponty teaches you how to hold a melody, how to hold a note, how to hold a note against what's happening underneath. He teaches you that. His music is simple you would say almost easy listening music but it has a trip it has a journey it takes you on a journey if you let it take you on a journey it will take you on a journey his music's very uh it's it's airy it's it's fresh mm-hmm. i can't listen to all these guys all the time mm-hmm. but this is just what i'm what i get out of his yep. music and uh miles davis uh, he uh, see the way he plays is is uh, it's interesting because he he the way he uses notes it's it's yeah <laughs> you hear Miles straight away yeah that's Miles yeah. I mean that's not him, but yep. that's it's the, it's, the, it's the air of Miles, gotcha. you know, uh, and uh, that really messed me up mm-hmm. because uh, he, he it's just the dissonance, the dissonance, the, the complete dissonance of. It's not what you think is going to happen. It's not what you think is going to happen. <laughs> and it's really, uh, it's, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing yeah. because uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's completely beautiful. Yeah. It just is. And, and the way he, his tone, he makes the trumpet sound like not a trumpet. Yep. He makes the trumpet, even when without the mute, it sounds, it doesn't sound like a trumpet. You, you know it's a trumpet. That sound like a trumpet. Mm. So I discover Miles Davis, and Miles Davis is, to me, Miles Davis is the the pinnacle of the whole shit, basically, because from him came everyone else I mentioned previously, mm-hmm. and forward. I mean, his his influence in music yeah. is so deep that okay. even back in nineteen ninety one when he passed away, he influenced rap music. Mm-hmm. The album, the Dubot. I mean, shit. That's a that's a hip hop rap album, you know. And he was all over that. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
Yeah, it, very, very inspiring. And all the musicians that I've basically played with him yep. have inspired me. And I've been lucky enough to have uh, to have some of those musicians as friends of mine. You know, uh, I've been fortunate enough to have played with some of the musicians that have played with him. I've yeah. been, you know, um, and um, these are blessings and, yeah. you know, things like that, you know. Um, it's it's amazing what can happen. Playing with your heroes, isn't it? But yeah, mm. you get some. Sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes yeah. you can get to play with your heroes. Sometimes yeah. you can just have a conversation with one of them. Yeah, that's enough. That's all you need. Yeah, that's all you need. You just need some something, something, a moment to happen. Yep. You know, um, that will inspire, that will change your life, mm -hmm. because um, we're we're in we're in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're in Australia, and in Australia we we have us. Yeah, we have us. You know, we have many many great musicians here and uh like there is all over the planet there's many 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 great musicians but only only a few get the get nice opportunities yeah only a few and yeah. i mean it take it takes a lot of work to become a part of that few yeah you know uh, it's a lot of struggle yeah and um you know you have Just to dedication a lot of dedication yeah. man a lot of um a lot of hours you got to put in a lot of hours a yeah. lot of a lot of work and mm -hmm. um but yeah, I mean, gig life, right? This is the podcast of gig life. Yes, man. Gig life. So so let's talk a little bit about... Um, so you came to Australia when you were 10. Um, at what stage in your playing did you start playing with other musicians? And Back in 1990. Mm -hmm. 90, maybe close to 91. Performance yep. was uh, in my primary school. <laughs> in my primary school, where I was learning English, mm -hmm. I played in front of the school kids there, and that was my first performance. And that's a very, very nice memory that I have. Mm. Um, I think that they are going to. That's very nice. Put it. It's a very nice memory. To yeah, have. yeah. Um, but my first band was with my brother. My older brother, mm -hmm. he's, he's a guitar player, he's mm -hmm. a producer, mm -hmm. and uh, he he. That's he, Andrew. Andrew's, Andrew's Andrew, the oldest brother. Okay. Andrew, yeah, yeah. He 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 formed the band and. Uh, okay. Yeah. And uh, I was included in it. I played bass with a friend, with another friend of ours, and we played for a few years together, and we we did gigs. So I became professional, like when I was about probably eleven years old. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> so it was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, and we were playing jazz fusion orientated music. Yep. <laughs> with rock, yeah, you know, it's funny, but that's what we we're doing for mm -hmm. kids. You know, it was pretty interesting and having audiences and people coming up to you and wow, you know, that's great and this and that, giving you the nice compliments. You know, yeah. all that stuff is good, but at the same time, it was so bad for me because because you didn't, I didn't have anyone telling me that what I was doing was what I was doing wrong. I had people telling giving me compliments. Mm -hmm. I didn't have anyone telling yeah, me, yeah, yeah. giving yeah. me the truth. Yeah. I needed to hear the truth. Yeah. That would have helped a lot. Yeah. Because uh, uh, the truth would have saved me a lot of, lot of years, of. Uh, relearning. Relearning. Yeah. And researching and yeah. and uh, and reality checks. You know, mm -hmm. because um, I grew up, as I said, I grew up with that that kind of playing. Yeah. The fast playing, the lots of notes playing. Yeah. I grew up with that stuff. Mm -hmm. I grew up also playing along to. 
groovy players like yeah. Marcus and, and yeah. groovy music like Miles Davis's music yeah. had a lot of pocket go go beat and all that yeah, all yeah. that kind of stuff yeah. you know uh, but um uh, stepping into and then my first few gigs like working outside that ensemble were Latin gigs mm -hmm. so I stepped into Latin music and that was a smack in the face mm -hmm. Latin music is extremely difficult to play mm -hmm. Afro Cuban music I'm talking about or New York salsa as well. Very difficult to play that stuff. Mm -hmm. Very difficult as a matter of fact. It's still difficult today. You know. Um, and it's a challenge. Anybody that says that it's easy, it's, yeah, I'm, I want to kill it. It's hard to play that stuff. Yeah. Okay, so um, uh, yeah, that was my first intro to playing in ensembles outside having my brother yep. in it, or my dad. Mm -hmm. uh, so I did that for a few years, and then I started doing gigs, mm -hmm. pop gigs, with different bands, I think, you know, stuff like that. And I'm still doing those things. Yeah. I'm still there. Yeah. Because we're in Australia. Yeah. And those people that I've worked with in the past then, Still, still here now. Still here now. Yeah. Still my friends now. Yeah. But we had an ensemble with my father, a trio, a guitar mm -hmm. trio. We still got it, more or less. And yeah, uh, I see. I see that pop up every now and then. Every now and then, yeah. We, yep. we still have that. We we don't gig with that a lot, but yep. uh, ten plus years ago, uh, we did a lot of support acts, mm -hmm. a lot of traveling, a lot of a lot of work mm -hmm. with that, and we we supported the biggest names in the world, mm. artist wise. I can't remember. Who we did, but we did a lot of them, yep. and um, uh, incredible experience, man. Meeting yeah. all these amazing people, you yeah. know, uh, playing, and you know, it's been, and it's been like that for a long time. Yeah, just playing with a lot of great people, man. Yeah, yeah. A lot of Australian yeah. artists too. That I mean, you're a busy dude, man. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I choose to be busy sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sometimes yeah. we're not busy, man. Sometimes it comes Friday, Saturday night, it's like, oh shit, I haven't got a gig. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> and right. it happens. Yeah. It happens. Um, you know, everybody's got their players. Yeah, yep. Every, everyone has their players they call, you know. Yes, yes. And um, I... I um, the, the pinnacle of gigging, that something that happened which was really, really, really cool... Uh, I mean, throughout all the years, a lot of cool things have happened, man. A lot of, lot of great, great moments playing with different people, and and uh, we've been associated with, you know, uh, just incredible musicians all over, all over town and around the world. Great people that come here, yeah. and all that stuff. We, I got asked to put a, uh, my, 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 uh, got asked to put a band together, for a. Uh, for a show that was gonna happen in Italy, which didn't happen in Italy, but this this happened in the in Los Angeles instead, and uh, this show was great. We uh, I took Andro and and Buddy, who you who you've spoken to, Last right? Week, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, we went to Los Angeles and we played for this incredible array of artists, man. Was this uh, George Benson? Was George Benson, in, yeah, yeah, I saw the I saw the photos. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. And Greg Fillingains, Fillingains, keyboard player. And uh, I saw him. I saw him live with Toto. Yeah. At the Metro years ago. He just walked. He just walked out, man, and just went. <laughs> like this, and you know, arms out like this. He's got an, inc he's got an incredible 
the vibe about him. Yeah, he's, he's he's a friendly dude, very cool guy. Yeah, just really really cool guy. Yeah, it's uh, cool. But there was a, a really uh, special thing that happened that um, uh, during uh, one of George Benson's tunes. This is at the end of the concert. Uh, there's a breakdown. Everything breaks down and and introductions start to happen. They start introducing the band. And this introduction, uh, uh, I I added during rehearsals. I I was we started getting warmed up to playing this song for two weeks, man. We were playing, and um, and I added this note, this thing to this group. I just did it. The musical director goes, "Ah, oh, we like that. Let's keep that note." Okay, cool. So that note was kept as part of the arrangement. For George Benson's song, right? I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. And then we had to come up with a outro for the whole concert. So I started playing this groove, and the groove stayed. And that was the groove that, you know. And I thought, shit, man, I did that. Yeah, you did that. They're following <laughs> I, me, man. Actually, that's that's my shit. George there. Benson's yeah. going, hey, man, yeah. what, what no, you doing? That incredible, there? man. What incredible, that's incredible awesome. trip. So mm. we made some good friends. Great. Made some very 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 cool friends, man. Yeah, you know. Um, uh, but um, I get wowed all the time when I see people, man, here in Australia. And I've I've had the great pleasure because now I'm playing. Um, I've been getting around playing drums. Yeah, I see. And I've had yeah. the great pleasure of playing with bass players. Yeah, you know, one thing I no noticed about your the videos you've been putting up, when you're playing cross stick, your fingers are doing this. I don't know if you notice you're doing it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I'm yeah. Doing that. And are, is that a. No. Is that, that a bass player thing? No, or? no, no. That's just adding. Sub Sorry, what I'm, what I'm, you can't see what I'm doing, but. That's adding subdivision to the cross stick. Yeah, but, but with your fingers. With your fingers on the yes. snare. On the, on the on head the of the snare. The yeah. Of the you can't hear it, but you can see it. And I'm yeah. fascinated by it. I'm watching your hand going. As yes. You're, as you're cross sticking it. It's yeah. awesome, man. No, I like. I, 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 I'm just aware that that's. It's it it keeps you in the in the in the yeah. keeps you grooving. Yeah, yeah. You still yep. it's like subdividing it's, that yeah, slow it's, tempo. Yeah, that's right. It's like adding the yep. snare a single snare hit yes. with a stick. Instead of going one ear and two in your head, you you hit it, but you adding subdivision with the stick. You are adding subdivision with your fingers. Fingers, yeah, that's cool. It's no, it's no nothing new. I mean, yeah. I've seen. Um, uh, I've seen a few drummers do that. Yeah. Oh, you mean ghost? You ghost noting? You ghost ghost noting? Yeah, right. Ghost noting. Yeah. 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 I mean, you can get tricked and start doing rolls and shit with your fingers, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that's some other shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I've done that once or twice and gone, you know, yeah, yeah. but it's not something that I think, you know. Yeah, I love cool. the drums, man. Awesome. The, the drums are something, yeah. that's, 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 that's something else. It it feel, nothing feels quite like the drums. Yeah. You know, it's a great feeling. This, the guitar is, is, is relaxing. Yeah. I, I touch it and I just yeah. I get lost in harmony. Yeah, yeah. I get lost in the, the sound of the sound of harmony. It's beautiful, yeah. you know. Mm. You know, but the drum is something else. It's uh, you've got this thing that you're kicking with your foot, and it rebounds back. You know, and it's it's a it's a funny thing the way you tune it, how it's going to react. Right. The snare, the way you tune it, how it's going to react, and it becomes your voice. It becomes your your sound. It becomes your thing. It's and it's very personal. And it's uh, it's it's you 
in a lot of ways is a lot more personal than a guitar mm. or a bass. Mm. Uh, the bass guitar is is a very. Um, uh, I want to clarify something though first mm -hmm. before cool. is that I play these other instruments because I love them. Yeah. You know, it's an extension of your musicality. Understand. That's why people do it. Yeah, of course. And uh, I don't want to be a multi instrumentalist. That's not my goal. I don't want that. It's I don't find that to be actually appealing. Well, you are. So <laughs> well, <laughs> you realise that, eh? <laughs> I am, but I'm Very not because so. because they are look the instruments that I've I'm learning to play. Mm -hmm. uh, they're pretty primary instruments okay. within an ensemble. They're primary. It's not like okay. I'm going to play a, a flute All right, and then I'm, you know, I'm going to play a xylophone. You know, these are primary instruments, a drum kit, okay. guitar, a bass. You know, I'm trying to play a bit of keyboards. You know, I mean, you know, these are primary instruments okay. that you just have to know. And I think the better you understand how these instruments work is the better you're going to be able to communicate to other musicians. Mm. Yeah, we have to, like Prince. Right. Prince would tell each musician how to do yep. their thing and and uh, he could probably do it better than they could. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's right. But, um, uh, you know, and I know people that work with Prince that, you know, he was, he was, uh, he was his own man. You know, <laughs> it was Prince World, man. Yeah. You know, um, and, yeah, that's another cat that's amazing. Was amazing, you know. It's 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 funny the way things have turned now. Mm. Uh, those the, the three gigs a night, they ain't happening anymore. Yeah, it's just it comes nine o'clock and you ain't got a gig. You ain't got a gig. It's too bad. Right. There ain't no other gig. Yeah. You know. Yeah, man. Music, music's um, it's an incredible thing. It is. It takes us on a big journey, big sure trip. Does. And you've interviewed some pretty amazing people. Yeah, man, and. It's it's cool. It's very, you guys have been very receptive to it, and it's yeah. it's about time you know you guys' stories get told. You know, it's uh, mm. it's the best thing that's happened in a long time. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. There's so many great artists here in this country. Yeah, that around the planet people don't know of. That's right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, and it's a shame. It's a mm. real shame. Yeah. Because there's great players here, man. And mm. uh, uh, even when I went to America, man. Uh, the, the land of amazing musicians, which are, there's so many amazing musicians there. Mm -hmm. Incredible. Yeah. But I gotta tell you, man, I saw a lot of chopping out. Yep. And in Australia. In, in pocket and, it's pocket and, and groove here, man. Yeah. In Australia, it's all about the pocket. Yeah. Yep. Australia's all about the pocket. And that's what I, I, I really made me appreciate a lot of that stuff, made me appreciate a lot of cats here. Because I was there thinking, shit, man, where's the pocket in this fucking music? Where's yeah. the pocket in this music? It's all about the snare drum. Mm. And I'm listening to this shit. I'm listening to these people hitting. These drummers, which are amazing, they're hitting so fucking hard on that snare drum. It's like, you're so selfish. Yeah. You are such a selfish musician. Yeah. Yeah, you've got great skills and you're famous, but you're a selfish motherfucker playing like that you're selfish you're selfish because it's all about you it's all about your snare drum yeah and you know i hate that shit i hate selfish musicians mm -hmm. i hate them i hate it absolutely I, and i say the word hate mm -hmm. 
It's a strong word. Yeah. And people say, oh, are you sure you... Yeah, I say hate. Because I hate that shit. Mm -hmm. I, like, I like musicians that are considerate, that are in the music. They think about everything else. That was my example growing up. My example was the greatest musicians in the world. And when I don't hear the greatest musicians in the world coming out of musicians, it hurts. Mm -hmm. Because that's what you're used to. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard to, to, to accept that kind of shit. Mm -hmm. Because it's, a, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's rubbish. Yeah. That is complete rubbish. You know? And people get wowed about all this fast playing shit. Yeah. They get impressed with the, the, the hard hitting guy. They get impressed with the, you know, the, the fast slapping. They get impressed with all that shit. But man, you put that guy in a band and he, he, he can't groove. What happened there? Man, <laughs> my computer's playing up, eh? It's still, it just turns on and off. Well, you yeah. know, it's probably a good cue to shut the fuck up from that <laughs> segment. Excuse me, I've got to turn it off. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. That's basically what Sorry it about that. It's all right. Yeah, that was like the wind, almost like the window sound. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so I, uh, it's really hard to find that group of musicians that you can play with. Yep. That understand you. Yep. That are in the same wavelength. Yep. And, uh, you know, that, that get music. Yep. That get music. Because playing music is not about how fast you can play. Mm -hmm. I was watching a video um, a couple of nights ago of this drummer that gets a lot of rap, a lot of talk about. And believe me, he's a fast motherfucker when mm -hmm. he plays drums. Mm -hmm. And he's strong. During his drum solo, <laughs> this is the sh I laughed out loud, man, when I heard this shit because. During his drum solo, he's going so fast and playing everything as quick as possible, and you're going shit, man. That like that's that's hard to do to mm. play that fast. It's hard to do and to be that accurate. It's very hard to do. Mm. During his drum solo, he stepped to his second snare drum, which is tuned low, and started doing this groove, just a pocket groove, mm. and that shit didn't sound good. Oh no! It didn't sound good. His right. pocket didn't sound good. And I laughed out loud. I went, you spend so much time. You spend so much time being that dude. That when it comes to actually playing music, you can't do it. Mm. That, that, that to me is mesmerizing, bro. Mm -hmm. People are confused. Mm. And it's a headspace. Playing music, playing an instrument. It doesn't matter your skill level. It's what's in your head. It's your headspace. Because your headspace is what's going to make you a great player. It's your headspace. You know. When can you add that note? When, am I, am, can I add this crash symbol here? Should I add the crash symbol here? It's coming into a verse. Should I crash the verse? The crash, the symbol, is like an orchestral instrument. The drum's an orchestral instrument. And that symbol should be used for a big statement yeah it's a statement yep right and 
you, you could, people need to listen to a lot of music and listen to great, great musicians, great music. I heard the other night a death metal band playing the hardest shit. I mean, this guy's, you know, with their kick drum where yeah. it's tuned. Yeah. yeah. And it sounds like a fucking machine gun. It does, yeah. I love that shit. Yeah. Satanic shit. Yeah. I love it, bro. <laughs> And it can be really, it can be very melodic. Oh man! Yeah. This drum, guy, drum wise, this bit. singer, mm. this singer, he does this pig squeals. <laughs> you know the pig squeals. You know. Yes. He does this pig squeal, <laughs> and he fuck, he's, he's squealing and squealing, and then he goes low like he's fucking <laughs> death. You know. Rawr, rawr, rawr. Just, yeah. Oh man, and just like yeah, it's nothing more powerful than that. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, I, and I love all kinds of vocals. I love opera singers. Yeah. I love Kim Burrell. I love yeah. this, you know, blah blah blah, you know. So, and that's hard to do. Yeah, that's really hard to do. And yeah. that kind of playing is incredible. I mean, yeah. I, I heard some of the most beautiful. I heard this beautiful guitar solo. I can't remember what band it was. Same thing. Same thing. Death metal. The most hardcore death metal and this beautiful guitar solo on top and the guy's just like he's holding these notes. Yeah. You know, oh yeah. man. No. That's um good music is good music. Yeah. No matter what genre, what what what's what style, what era and yeah. uh you know, um there's so much good music, man. Yeah. You know, you know, music from Africa, the Middle East. Yeah. You know, Indonesia. Yeah. My God, have you heard some Indonesian music? Yeah, yeah. Holy shit. I mean, <laughs> in Bandung, they got this thing called J-Pong. Mm-hmm. Man. <laughs> and, the, uh, and in Bali, the Kacha, I think it's called, Kacha. God damn. It's just, it's... It's so full on, man. Mm. And then we got our music here. We mm. got, you know, Aboriginal music, mm. which is people don't touch it. Mm. People, not many people go near it. Aboriginal, but that thing's that's beautiful stuff, yeah. man. You know, and all all countries have variations of their style of music that they have the way they play. Blah blah blah. It's incredible, and you feel it in. Um, even going from even going from Sydney to Melbourne, mm. the cats in Melbourne play different as well. They got a thing about them. I love the way they play. A lot of cats in Melbourne, mm. great musicians, you know. Um, and in San Fran- in San Francisco, mm. the drummers in San Francisco they sound different to the drummers mm. in Los Angeles. Who are some or of the drummers? New York. Who are some of the drummers that come out of San Francisco? Yeah. Oh man, my hero, mm. Mike Clark. Ah. Holy shit, Mike Clark, bro. God. Headhunters. Um, Garibaldi, San Francisco. Mm. Um, they sound different. Mm. I, in my opinion, in my opinion, honest opinion, in San Francisco they got the funkiest drummers in the world. Yeah, right. they are funky. Mm. I mean, apart from the cats, some cats that are here. Obviously, one of my favorite, which is Buddy Ciola. Mm. Oh. You know. He's disgusting. Yeah. He, 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 yeah. He, he, when I hear him play, I feel like kicking him in the balls. You yeah. Know? <laughs> like hard. <laughs> when I heard him play the first time, yeah. you know, I was I was in shock. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, he's he's one of the 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 great drummers that we have here in this country. And yeah. There's a lot of great 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 drummers yep. that are here. I mean, yep. I'm, I also got to be biased because I've got to work with him a lot. Yeah. You know? Um, but I'm not biased at all. Actually, mm -hmm. there's too many guys here in the Latin scene too. There's some amazing drummers. Yeah. You know, and I admire them a lot. I the the force that they have this. I say there's probably four, four amazing, amazing Latin drummers here. Yep. Four in the whole country. Mm -hmm. what, do you want to name them? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. No, no, I don't want to yeah. get in trouble. But this, this, <laughs> this, they know who they are. Yep. They know who they are. And they're all from here. Yeah. I think I know a couple of them are. You know who a couple of them yep. are. Yep. They're all from here. And they're the most amazing drummers. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, I, I, it's a common conversation that you have with, with people, versatile, versatile musicians, you know. Uh, it's hard to find versatile musicians mm -hmm. because uh, uh, the Afro-Cuban thing of the Latin, Latin percussion, which is a huge world, it's such a, such a huge world. I mean, every country's got their... Rhythms and styles and, yeah. Yeah. Yep. and genres within that style yep. and the history of that rhythm and the traces back to here. It's a huge world. That's why, I mean, I, I started doing gigs in when I was 15 or 16 with Latin bands. Yep. And you know what, man? Till now, I'm, what, 39 years old. It's still kicking my ass. So it's not something that's you gotta, it's not a light thing that you learn a clave, you learn a montuno, and that's it. Forget it. If you've got that head in your, that, that kind of thinking, forget it. That thing is deep. That thing is deeper than, I say it's deeper than jazz. Mm -hmm. And it is deep. Actually, it, it is deeper than jazz. It is. It's way deeper than jazz. You know, um, jazz borrows from Afro Cuban mm -hmm. and, and Brazilian music. Um, classical music is it's something else as well I mean you know then you got Spanish music from Spain you know um, African music I've been exposed to a lot of African music and then you got Lebanese you know Arabic music and that beat that beat you know the Arabic beat you know that right you don't know it no it's uh Right. Right? Yeah. That beat, <laughs> that, that is the most powerful beat in the planet. Without a, a doubt. And I've heard a lot of music. Mm. I've heard a lot of beats. I've heard a lot of powerful beats. But that is the most powerful beat in the planet. The most powerful beat in the planet. You cannot fuck with that beat. And Brazilian, the Brazilian groove, like the samba, it's pretty close. Mm. Pretty close. But the Arabic beat is by far the most powerful beat in the planet. That thing is, is tremendous. That thing is tremendous. You have other beats which are from, from Guinea, you know. Uh, that or you know Nigeria, 
they're a bit more heady they're more clever they're, there's a lot going on there's a lot of mixed rhythms but this other thing is is brutal this other thing is that it's got syncopation it's got yeah. space yeah and each hit is so powerful it, it gives you time to recover from the last hit <laughs> that's that's why it's so brutal that beat that's explained really well and yeah. it's not it's not uh the brazilian thing is <coughs> there's too much anchoring you down gotcha there's an anchor to that but this other thing is like rest boom holy shit come on you know and then you got this other stuff which is the stuff i was saying before from uh indonesia um the j-pop now i cannot <laughs> i cannot play a single beat of that i don't know i don't know how they count it how that thing works mm. all i know is they have a bass they have harmony they have a melody and then they got this rhythm and tempo that starts very slow purposely speeds up to an incredible speed and it drops down again tempo and everyone's on it every motherfucker in the band everyone dancing is <laughs> on it now that's hard yeah i don't get it you don't get it i don't get that that music that music i mean i don't get it i get it i know nothing about it right but i love it yeah and that's that's some other stuff i mean and uh it's funny man tracing back to um Chilean, Chilean traditional rhythms. I had this master, master percussionist trace back Chilean traditional rhythms to Morocco. And, I mean, broken down, this one master percussionist breaking down the rhythms to another master percussionist who knew about music from Morocco. And he said, yeah, that's this. That's what this part does. And that's what this... I, have, I, have, I wrote all the stuff down somewhere in a, in a book. And... Um, yeah, man, it's it's music is is an incredible journey. You know, if you get introduced to the to the right people, or you're open enough to accept information, you your mind will be blown away. Mm. You know, uh, you can't get stuck on one style. I think that's a crime. You owe it to yourself, and you owe it to your people. And I tell young musicians. Because if I see a young musician playing too much shit, I tell him. Like I ha like I wasn't told. Yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah. I tell him the truth. Yep. Because they owe it to themselves. They owe it to the music industry. They, they owe it to their heroes. And they owe it to the people that are going to be looking at them. The kids that are going to be watching them play in the future. Because they're giving the wrong message out to a lot of people. And that's the problem with these young star musicians that are out now. Mm. A lot of them. I was going to ask you. They're what, playing too much shit. Yeah, what I was going to ask too you. Too much shit. What your thoughts are on the new breed of musicians? No, they're, yeah. they're playing too much shit. Mm. They're playing too much shit, and it, yeah. I admire that they can play all that stuff. 
mm. because it is hard to play all that all that music is hard to play yeah. but they're giving the wrong message out mm. to a lot of people that don't understand that stuff mm. they only see that and they only mm. hear that and they think that that's how they should play yeah. no that's not how you should play that's not how you should play um, you know. play rock with you for me <laughs> yeah hey go play rock take a take with me take a take a take well yeah can you uh, I've never heard that I've never heard that big played rock yeah, yeah. and I've never heard I've, yeah. I've never heard those kick drum hits that happen in the in the in the um, uh, happen towards in the in the bridge of the song yeah there's kick extra kick drums yeah yeah all that stuff yeah which is essential in that song yeah, yeah. now I've learned the bass line I think mm. I learned it back when I was you know, sixteen or maybe before I learned that bass line. Yeah. Note for note, I learned it. Mm -hmm. Over the years, I forgot how to play it. Mm. I play my own shit now. Yeah. Or close to the bass line. Was it Lewis Johnson that? I have no idea. Yeah. Okay. I have no idea. But even that, even 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 um, what do you call it? another song that people mess up? Bass players mess this up because um, uh, it's um, Billie Jean. Yeah. Yeah. People put an octave pedal. It sounds fucking horrible. <laughs> I hate it. it sounds yeah. horrible, bro. Yeah. It sounds horrible. Yeah. Bass players put an octave because they don't know, but it's quite simple. It's in yeah. F sharp. Yeah. Right, so. And that's what it is. Mm. That's Lewis Johnson. I know that. I think that's it. It is Lewis Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think he explained it in a yeah. video and I saw him. Oh, right, okay. So he was. Yeah. But I'm not here to teach him Michael Jackson song. No, it's what. You know, but yeah, that's that's that's. But that's what I'm saying. Like that is actually very tricky, bass line to play. Yeah. Very tricky to play, and it's. You would say that it's kind of simple, mm. but it's very tricky because you got the accent. Boom, boom, boom. Uh -huh. That's the that's the accent, and that's the accent throughout the whole song. Mm -hmm. Octaves on those two notes. Mm -hmm. That's tricky to play, mm -hmm. you know. Um, yeah, but that's that's my opinion of mm. of, of this uh, what's new, happening now. Kata Kata uh, uh, mixing style. See that the whole style of playing the drum too, which you've heard, which is trendy to play back mm -hmm. behind the beat, not in, not on the beat, mm. not not it's they're playing behind the beat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Almost adding a. They're like they're like, like a delay, like a delay, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a, a out yeah. of time kind of playing. Yeah, that's that's a New York thing. It is, and, yeah, and 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 a lot of cats are doing it in yeah. the wrong place at the wrong time at the wrong gig, and a lot of cats are doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's 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 cool there. It's not cool here. Mm. In America, that's cool. Yeah. In Australia. Australia doesn't like that. Australia likes the pocket to be laid down. Yep. Australia likes the pocket laid down. That's yep. why there's great drummers that are still gigging, mm. that are gigging, that are doing a lot of gigs here mm. because they're, they're laying it down. Mm -hmm. They're laying it down, you know. And that's, that's what's always going to... There's nothing, nothing is going to feel better than a good solid pocket. Mm. Nothing going to feel better than that. You know, and I've, I've learned that throughout the years, I've learned that, mm. you know. It's taken me a long time to learn that. Yeah. You know, 
I, I came out of Jazz Fusion, remember? Yep. You know, so, um, uh, I, I noticed a comment you'd written on a Facebook post a couple of weeks ago saying you went through a stage where you weren't enjoying playing live. I hate it. And now you're, now you're enjoying it. I hated it. it. Yep. So can you explain why that is and, and what's changed? Okay. Um, I'm very sensitive to sound. Um, I'm extremely sensitive to sound. I learned about sound because the truth of sound was exposed to me. This is... This might sound funny, actually, but um, I, I was friends. I was friends. This this man passed away. Uh, his name was Osley, Augustus Osley Stanley. The third. His nickname was Bear. And uh, he was the reason behind the success of pretty much, or the funding and success of the Grateful Dead. You know. Um, and he's, he taught me a lot about sound. He taught me about pure sound. About pure, pure sound. Sonic waveform. Not what we can see on a computer screen. But actual appreciating pure sound. So I became so sensitive to that and, and my understanding of that was... Has, really really grown also what happens is when you spend a lot of time practicing or playing at home just playing practicing there's a big difference between practicing and playing so when you spend time doing both for instance and studying your instrument you become so sensitive also when you're a composer when you write music your headspace somewhere else. You're constantly thinking of composition. See, when you're in a jam session and people start playing, that's a composition. A lot of people don't approach it like that. People approach a jam session like it's any noise is good noise. Mm. That's not hard at all. It's, it's actually more important than, more important and it's harder to do than playing a fucking song. Mm -hmm. It's harder to make music, spontaneous music, on the spot than to play a song that's pre-written, learned bar by bar. That shit's not impressive anymore. I'm not impressed with that stuff. You know. It's good people are transcribing. You see people online transcribing uh, John Coltrane's solos. Yep, yep. It's impressive that they did that. That's great. But any motherfucker can do that. To actually create a piece of music out of nothing mm -hmm. on the spot and make it work, make the sound right, that is harder to do. That takes intuition. That takes a lot of creativity. And that takes a lot of guts. Mm. takes a lot of trust. And you have to be completely 100% in and aware in the music. So, <coughs> I stopped liking playing live because I was hearing all that. I was hearing 
selfishness. I was hearing non-musical uh, inputs. I was hearing people going through the motions. <coughs> For whatever reasons. I've done gigs where I've gone through the motions too. Yep. I've played gigs and I've been dead. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait to get home, man. I can't wait to leave. I just want to get out of here. Gotcha. I hate playing that kind of stuff. I hate playing like that in that headspace. Mm -hmm. So... And when music just becomes about money, I, I wish I wasn't in the music industry mm. at all. I wish I, I never did a gig ever again because I, I, I don't want to play music for money. Mm. I didn't start playing music for money. You know, I hate playing music for money. I think it's a great way of making money. Yeah. It's fucking an incredible way of making money. The hardest thing about playing live Sometimes it's actually playing the gig. The hard, the hardest thing about playing live should be. Should be. Parking your car. That should be the hardest thing to do. You know, that should be the toughest thing about it, because. And I love setting up, man. Yeah. <laughs> I love plugging cables. Yeah, yeah. I love amplifiers. Yeah. I love cables. Choosing your rigs at I home. I love choosing, choosing what I'm going to take. I love mixing, mac, matching yeah. the right instrument with the right blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I do all this stuff at home. <coughs> I do it a lot. Yeah. Just for fun. Set up shit, strip things down. Yeah. Come up with a, a rig that I can imagine. Yeah. When I use, strip it back down. Yeah. And then you think to yourself, where am I going to take this? What gig am I going to play it at? And then you go to the gig, and who's your audience? Your audience is a bunch of people, workers, that are getting pissed in front of you. And they're requesting song after song, they're screaming, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's all fun yeah. if you're in the right headspace for that stuff. Yeah. And if, you're, if you've got a thick skin to, to, to accept that as part of your job. Mm -hmm. I've accepted all that, and I have in the past, but the, the, I, it came for a, a period of time where I hated all that stuff. Mm. I still hate it, but mm. you know, it's this is part of my job, so I've yeah. I've I've uh, I've learned to accept okay. all that. Yep. Um, and um, as I said, so when you, when you're thinking of composition all the time, when you're thinking of rhythm all the time, and and you're breaking down rhythms. Uh, and you're thinking about it in a mathematical form, and the reason why I say mathematical form because I, I have a guru who's an, an Indian tabla master, and he's my guru, and I've learned about rhythm in that side of the world as mm. well, and that all that's all dealing with mathematics. Yeah. So when you're thinking about everything like you're hearing all this in your head yeah. all the time. And you can break down rhythms to and and you're hearing everything in between, and you hear all the mess. And that's a there's a lot of gap there, man. Mm. You know, there's a lot of gap there to and swing. You start to hear the swing the way it can shift this way. If you swing that note a bit, and I'm I'm at home practicing. I grab the bass and I want to play, and I start playing something. 
and I think to myself, where am I going to play this kind, this kind of bass playing? Where can I play this kind of bass playing when my gig requires me to play these songs? I can't play like that anyway. I can't play like this anyway. So I started developing this new technique, playing bass, for me, just so I can be happy about playing bass. Yep. I started playing with my thumb. Right on the neck, almost. So... Guess what? I'm really enjoying that. Yeah, yeah. I'm really enjoying that because yeah. it's taken me back to even a more simpler form of yeah. playing, a more simpler technique of playing, and I'm applying that technique in everything now because instead of me using my index finger, there's so much effort involved in that. Yeah, I'm using my thumb now. enjoying that a lot yeah so a lot of the techniques that you practice at home they're not needed at the gig yeah and that's what I'm that's what I mean by musicians you need to you need to be in the right headspace headspace yep the right headspace to go and do those gigs and to go and play music with people because if you're not you're in the wrong headspace mm -hmm. you're gonna have a bad time you know, a very, very bad, very, very bad time. Comes to luck as well. Mm. You know, if you're if you're one of those few lucky musicians that are always getting called for gigs, man, you're gonna be in the right headspace because guess what? You're getting called for gigs all the time. Mm -hmm. They're not necessarily the greatest players either, and there's a lot of those mm -hmm. around. I'm not gonna name any names, no, no, no. but. You know, consider yourself lucky, because people like your vibe. That's what it comes down to. It's your vibe. It's your personality. Mm. It's your. Um, are you? Do you smell? You know, people. <laughs> man, there's so many motherfuckers out there that stink. <laughs> like they don't have showers. You know, all that kind of stuff. You know. The, uh, you know. So it, there's a there's a lot that comes down to it, man. There's a lot that comes down to it. You know, being a gigging a gigging musician. Yeah. You gotta have your gear together, you yeah, gotta man. have your spares, you gotta be on time. Yep. So many fuckers run run yep. late. So many musicians run late. The old adage, be on time, know your shit, don't be a dick. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Three. three fucking yeah, 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 yeah. Rules, well man. that's it. That's it. That's There's it. nothing else. There is. Yeah. That's that's it. That's it, and you know you you gotta try and do your best. Yeah. That's it, and don't let people uh, uh, take advantage of you. Yeah. Don't let people run you over. Doesn't matter who they are. Doesn't matter who they are. You keep you gotta stay aware. Sometimes you could, could be your best friend that does you over. Mm. You know. Uh, and um, you gotta be careful. You gotta be careful in 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 this scene. You gotta be careful because you piss one person off. That person will tell somebody else that he got pissed off with you because he wants to have something to talk about at a corporate gig in a table full of musicians who know you. Mm. You know? So you got to be careful what you do in this industry. This industry can can drop you immediately. Yep. It's, 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 a, it's a hard industry. I did two years of cruising, man. Mm -hmm. Two years of cruise ships. Yep. In and out, in and out, cruise ships. Not two years in a cruise yeah, ship. Yeah, I know it. Yeah. In and out. Yep. 
within those two years, my gig flow, I lost every gig I had. Mm. When, you, when you came back, you mean? I lost every gig I had. Yep. Every single gig mm -hmm. I had, I lost. Just because you weren't there. I wasn't around. Mm -hmm. They need people to do the gig. Yep. These days, guess what? These days, it's the duet. Mm. Band gigs, not many. Mm -hmm. There's a few bands mm -hmm. that play around. There's a few bands. Yeah. I'm fortunate to be playing with a few of those bands. Yeah. I get calls sometimes last minute. Yeah. To play just this Friday, this last minute call. You know, but uh, uh, that and that's why I've been playing drums. Yeah. It's because I need to keep working. You need to work. Yeah. Playing bass, just bass. Yeah. That's hard. Mm. That's hard. Playing just bass is hard. Mm. I love playing bass, but the bass pisses me off. Mm. The bass, <coughs> sonically, the bass pisses me off. Right, okay. The bass is uh, disappointing. The bass guitar is a, dis is a disappointment for me because I hear the complete, the complete harmonic uh, construction of a note. I have tinnitus in one ear, mm. okay, but I hear all the harmonics that run in this note. I don't hear them by definition, but I can hear the harmonics. Yeah. If, if all good musicians that do that, or producers can do that, they can hear that. And it's so disappointing when you play a note on your instrument and that note does not do what that yeah. note's meant what? to do. Yeah, I gotcha. That is so disappointing. <laughs> and you pick one up and you go, it's doing it again. And you pick another one up doing it again you pick another one you know and they all do it in different places and in the difference is the difference is you grab a snare drum doesn't matter what fucking snare drum it is yeah. you hit that motherfucker it's gonna sound like a snare drum yeah. and it's gonna sound good it doesn't matter what snare drum it is tune it up down whatever you want muff, yeah. you can muffle it you can do this you can yeah. do that change the skin blah 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 blah, blah. it's gonna sound great you know that's the thing about the the drum that's very satisfying. It's the it's versatility. And yeah. that's the dream. Yeah. For 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 my for bass guitar, for me that's the dream. The dream is to be to have uh, uh, to or to have the speaker configuration, the bass, the correct wood or whatever material. There's so many problems with technical problems with, with the the bass. Yeah. Uh uh that they still haven't been fixed or addressed, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, Construction-wise, there's a lot of problems with the bass guitar. A lot, a lot of problems. And um, and I hope somebody out there can work, uh, fix them or somebody has or is already working. Because if I was an inventor, I, I, that would be my first... My first thing was, would be to try and fix those problems. Right. A lot of problems with the bass guitar. So, um, yeah, but the drums are almost... You could say that they're a perfect instrument. Yeah. Almost a perfect instrument. Yeah. And the most perfect, of course, is the human voice. You could do so much with one snare drum. I mean, I've got yeah. a few there, and I've got a few others that serve a purpose. But I've got one, and it's a five-inch brass right. pearl snare drum. Right. And I've had it for years, and it's probably one of the cheapest snares I've bought, because I bought it on eBay. And it does fucking everything. That's yeah. my go-to, man. You know? There Just you go. That one drum, you know? Yeah. Just, you know, a bit of gel or crank or... 
Yeah, but the most bottom, just the most satisfying bass guitar <coughs> or bass instrument mm. that I've played is um, it's the Ampeg Baby bass. Mm -hmm. Ampeg Baby bass, it's an upright. It's an upright bass that I have. Right. It's old. It's from the sixties. It's, it's the sound of it's the sound of salsa. Okay. okay, it's that bass. Okay. It's the bass that got played in Oye Como Va. Oh, right. Okay. Santana. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. that bass sound. It's that bass sound. Right. That is the most satisfying bass sound. Because that bass can only do that. Right. It does that really, really well. Really well, yeah. And you can open up the pickup and make a sound almost like an upright. And that's very satisfying, mm. you know. That's a, that's a satisfying instrument. The note decays immediately. Mm -hmm. It decays almost immediately, mm -hmm. every note, except for the open strings. Open strings, they ring out. But um, that is the most, this, for instance, this guitar, mm. full of problems. Right. Guitars are full of problems. Classical mm. guitars are full of problems. You can't tune classical guitars. They're untunable. Some people might argue with me. They go, "Oh, you can tune them." No, you can't tune them. <laughs> you can't tune them, man. Mm. They're they're imperfect. Mm -hmm. That's what makes them beautiful. At the same time, is that imperfection. But they're 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 so. They are very hard. That's a, that's a fucking hard instrument, man. That is probably harder. That's harder than a bass. Mm. In the sense of. Of. The, the, the how temperamental that instrument is. Mm. The strings, man, and the 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 tuning. It goes out of tune hard. I mean, it could yeah. be completely tuned here. Oh, where we disappeared. It could be tuned there, but over here is completely out. Yeah, yeah. And what can you do about it? It's the height and all that stuff. Yeah. So this, this setting up your instrument has become a, a it's a vital thing. Yeah. To learn mm -hmm. how to do for any musicians is to learn how to be hands on your instrument. Yep. Don't give it to somebody to do it for you mm. unless they know what they're talking about. Unless they know. Yeah. So. Mm. That's it. Art. Art. See, drawing, man. Mm. People eat every day. We eat every day. You like your coffee with sugar or milk. Or you like it with no sugar, or you like it with a bit of sugar, or you like, you know, we all like it in different ways. We all know that if we have a, a good meal, a nice meal, it's got all these elements, beautiful elements. It's exactly the same in music. Same thing in art. In art, you can only, you can throw a couple of lines the most important thing about any line you throw is that it has to be balanced within the frame. You don't have to fill up every space of the frame. You can fill up the whole page with lines and dots and blah, 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 blah. I've done a few of those and yep. they're, oh my goodness, I'm still finishing <laughs> one. Yep. Uh, like, I do not, I, I'm still finishing this one. It's about so, so big. I'm still finishing this one thing, man, and it's it's full of detail. I mean, it's so exhausting 
full of details, so full on. It's, it's, I mean, it's a masterpiece purely because it's so intense. <laughs> yeah. It's not because it's a masterpiece. It's, yep. it's you know, yep. for that purpose, yes, it is. But also the simplest things are so beautiful. You hear chefs talk, great chefs talk. They would like to create the perfect meal with only three ingredients. Mm. Only how mind blowing is that? With just three ingredients, and I th I question this to myself too. Here's another thing. If you if if a pianist or um, anyone that plays a melodic instrument, <coughs> if you were given the choice, if you were given the choice. You have the choice. You take a major key or a minor key. Which one do you which one do you choose that will have the most versatility? That's tricky. Versatility as in In every way. Yeah. Which one Emo emotion? No, it's just up to you. And this this is a good question to, to make for yourself. Mm. Um, or which series of notes would you pick that you can cover just about everything? Which series of notes would one pick that you could cover everything? Mm. That's something I, I, I ask myself a lot mm. and uh, I found the, an answer for me yeah. that I like. Yeah. And I think to myself, if that was all I could ever use for the rest of my life, I'll still be happy. I'll be happy because I wouldn't go for a minor key. No, I would go for a major key. And I would go for one note, a semitone, and a tone away. Because those three notes, you can move them anywhere and depending on the root it could sound minor it could sound major it could sound diminished so I've covered a lot there that's a lot of music to cover mm. I mean the altered all that stuff that's it's a rare sound but this sound cover a lot with that. So I asked myself, there's a lot of questions that you gotta ask yourself, man. Mm. You gotta keep creating. Yeah. You keep keep moving forward. Yeah. You fall down, you get up again. Yeah. Like going from that depression of playing life, hating playing life to actually being energized. I wanna play life. Yeah. I wanna keep doing gigs. I love it. And I do love it. I do love it. I love the challenge. I love working with people. I love playing new music. I love having new material to learn. Yep. Makes a lot makes life better, I think. You know, 
Don't like working with unprofessional people. Mm -hmm. They need a kick in the head. <laughs> well, not a kick in the head. They need a That'll do. A, a wake up. <laughs> a wake up. They need a wake up. Yeah. They need a, they need an example. I need a lot of example too. I need I need a lot of lessons to learn. I've got a lot of lessons to learn. And uh, yeah, uh, you just keep going. You gotta keep keep learning, because if you sit back and think that you've done enough. You ain't done nothing, man. Mm. You ain't done nothing. It's hard to beat um, Thriller. Gotcha. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's hard to beat that. Yeah. It's hard to come close to Quincy Jones. Yeah. So, you got to stay humble. Try. On that. Yeah. Tamana Martinez, thank you so much for being on the Gig Love podcast. Thank you, man. Keep doing what you're doing, man, and um, yeah. Thank you very much. Good shit, bro. Thank you, bro. Thank you very much, man. Thank you. Thank awesome. You so much. <laughs>